Radio Influence. Podcasting redefined. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, TJ Reeves. Oh, this is going to be a big one on Saturday night in Big D. Actually, Arlington, Texas, North Texas, AT&T Stadium, where the Cowboys play. It's Jerry's World, and it's the home to the IBF World Welterweight title fight with Dallas' very own Errol Spence Jr. taking on unbeaten former lightweight and junior lightweight champion Mikey Garcia of California, both guys undefeated, Schedule 12 rounder, and we're ready to talk all about it as part of Big Fight Weekend. Hello, great to be with you as we get ready for this showdown, a first ever pay-per-view on Fox, as they will be showing this as part of their premier boxing champions relationship that they have with that promotional arm, and obviously Spence looks forward to making the latest defense of his World Welterweight Championship that he won back in May of 2017. This is only his third defense of that title. Spence has not been in the ring since last summer, June of 2018, and it was a one-round knockout of Carlos Ocampo as he won that one in the Dallas area, actually in Frisco, Texas, at the star to defend the title. Mikey Garcia, meanwhile, moving up two weight classes from lightweight to welterweight in this one. So we're excited to see what he can do at 39-0. and He's no stranger to world championship fights, having won world titles in both divisions. Now he's relinquished those for the big payday. Of course, when last we saw... Uh, Garcia in a big fight. It was over Robert Easter Jr. by decision. That really catapulted him into this mega fight. A lot of money on the line, pay-per-view on the line, and big doings down the road, especially for Spence if he's victorious with a shot at other welterweight contenders. And Garcia, in theory, could be involved in that mix, but you'd have to think if Garcia wins, Spence would get the rematch as the champion. If Spence is victorious, not so sure on the rematch for Garcia down the road. Could Errol Spence end up fighting Sean Porter, who won last weekend? We talked about that on the Big Fight Weekend podcast last weekend. Porter victorious by decision still has the WBC belt. Unbeaten Keith Thurman has the WBA belt. Manny Pacquiao lurking out there. Terrence Crawford unbeaten lurking out there. A lot of big fights for Errol Spence Jr., but he's got to get by Garcia first in this matchup. All right, let me set the table for what we have for you on Big Fight Weekend. Wherever you're finding the show, thank you for doing so. We're going to hear straight ahead from the Prince of Darkness. Fox Sports Radio's Jonas Knox is here to talk boxing and this showdown of Spence and Garcia. He's out in Los Angeles. You hear Jonas overnights on Friday and Saturday nights as part of Fox Sports Radio's coverage. So I'm anxious to get his thoughts and prediction on Garcia moving up in weight. Will Spence have an easy time with him? Jonas Knox will be with me. Then I'm going to go to Big D, my colleague Jay Betzel, who I love uh, bringing on for a lot of different reasons. In this case, we'll talk a little boxing with him, but much more the scene, the atmosphere in and around AT&T Stadium. Jay lives in the Fort Worth area, is in and around uh, AT&T Stadium all the time for Dallas Cowboy games and big events including uh, some of the, the former uh, big events they've had there like concerts and NBA All-Star games and even the huge Manny Pacquiao fight that debuted in the stadium now back some nine years ago. So I'll ask Jay about all of those things and about how much Dallas cares about one of their favorite sons fighting in this fight on Saturday night. He'll give us some great insight on the fight coming up and of course Jay and I host the We've Seen That podcast that is also found through RadioInfluence.com and that reminds me to tell you that however you found us through radioinfluence.com or on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play subscribe to this show because it'll come to you automatically 
uh, on your device, but also go find our show. We've seen that, especially if you're a fan of the 80s and 90s movies that Jay and I talk about all the time. And we'll touch on some boxing movies, too, uh, just briefly in our conversation in a little bit. Then as part of BigFightWeekend.com, our sister website, Marquise Johns will be here. He is the director of content, oversees that website, does a great job populating it with all the different stories uh, and pointing people to the great sport of boxing. Marquise will be here with his thoughts on Spence Garcia, what he thinks will happen and the implications beyond that. He'll give me a prediction as well. And then David Payne will be here, the boxing writer from over in the UK. Yes, they care, obviously, about these welterweight showdowns. Of course, Spence took the title from England's Kel Brook by an 11th round KO back in 2017. Brook would like nothing better, maybe, than to get another shot at Earl Spence down the road here, possibly. So David Payne wrote about this fight, wrote about Mikey Garcia moving up in weight on his website, the Boxing Writers website. I love having him on on the podcast for the historical perspective. Uh, Again, this is going back to the early 80s, to the likes of Ray Leonard. And we talked last week on the podcast about welterweights, about Leonard fighting Benitez, Leonard fighting uh, Hearns, Leonard fighting Roberto Duran twice uh, in the early 80s, fighting uh, against some of the great welterweights of his time. And, And Hearns wasn't afraid to fight Leonard or Benitez or Roberto Duran. And Duran fought all of them as well. And the big paydays came from these big fights. So David Payne will have some insight on whether or not we recapture some of that now in the late 2010s, 2019, 2020, will we see some of these big welterweight showdowns here later this year and next year, particularly if Spence is impressive. Uh, Crawford fighting Amir Khan next month. Porter won last weekend. These guys can get together and can fight later on this year, early next year. It's fine by me. It'll be exciting. So, again, David Payne will be joining me later on in the show. A reminder, by the way, we're brought to you by Touch Vodka, one of our proud sponsors on Big Fight Weekend. Go check them out at touchvodka.com. Uh, five great versions of Touch Vodka from Nirvana, from Nirvana Spirits. You can find out how to get a hold of it, where it's distributed, particularly if you're in the south, if you're in the state of Florida, if you're in the bayou of the state of Louisiana, uh, or online. Uh, Touch Vodka has deals with uh, different distributors. Go to touchvodka.com. They're proud sponsors with us as part of Big Fight Weekend. All right, so there we go. We have set the table for what's going to be happening. AT&T Stadium, it is a pay pay-per-view on Fox's coverage. Uh, We look forward to seeing what's going to happen with Errol Spence and Mikey Garcia, both unbeaten unbeaten, uh, in this one, and something's got to give. Can Garcia move up the two weights and pull the upset, or will Spence set the table for the big mega fights? That's what we're going to find out. Let's get some guests in here, mix it up, chop it up, and talk more about this battle on Saturday night as Big Fight Weekend rolls on. Oh, yeah. You know if it's a humongous fight and Fox is involved with their first ever boxing pay-per-view, the Prince of Darkness, the voice overnights on Fox Sports Radio, has got to be a guest on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Jonas Knox back with me, ready to put the Dukes up and watch some Spence Garcia Saturday night late. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm fired up, Teej. I was actually thinking about it. Is there a bigger fight? or a better fight that you can think of right now in the sport? Because I don't know that I can think of one where we've got these two guys in their prime willing to fight like they are. 
Maybe the maybe the only one would be the heavyweights would be Wilder and Joshua, but we might see that one before 2027, and then again we might not. So we better take this one, like we keep joking while we have the opportunity <laughs> to have this one in front of us, yeah, right? Take take the one that's in front of us. All right, so I want to jump right in. They're both undefeated, but the big concern is Garcia moving up two weight classes. How much of an issue is that going to be when the perception is Spence is such a bigger guy and, and should be able to land bigger blows because of it? It's, it's an issue. I mean, the one thing I think about is when Pacquiao moved up weight classes, one of the things people worried about was, well, would he be able to carry his power? Well, he clearly was able to carry his power, but the thing and the advantage that he had over guys in those bigger weight classes, whether it was David Diaz to start out with or any of those other guys, was his speed. Uh, if you can even remember, David Diaz afterwards was, was saying, man, it wasn't so much the power, it was the speed. I just couldn't catch up to the speed. But that was David Diaz, who, a good fighter, uh, had a really good career, but he's not an Errol Spence. So I just wonder if this is too tall of a task for uh, Mikey Garcia, as great as he is, to go up and deal with a guy like Errol Spence. Yeah, and I think that's what everybody is wondering here at, uh, at this point. Uh, that's the intrigue here. Can he not only land a big punch against a bigger guy, but will he take the bigger punch against uh, against Spence? One thing that I have brought up is Spence has not been very active, and the one fight that he fought uh, late last year was a one-round knockout. Are there concerns on your part that inactivity uh, may be an issue for Errol Spence here, especially getting some of the rust off in the first few rounds? Yeah, I would say that, yeah, the inactivity would be an issue, which is why I think Mikey Garcia, and I would be surprised if this wasn't the plan, didn't try and get after him a little bit early on. You saw when Mikey Garcia fought Adrian Broner, and even in the last couple of fights, he's really taken his time. If you've got a guy who you know is a little bit rusty and he's also going to feel things out because, you know, maybe he's unsure of himself with this much time off, I would be surprised if Mikey Garcia waited and and sort of held back early on and didn't come out and really try and take it to him using his speed and his quickness uh, and the speed advantage he has. And then it becomes whether or not Errol Spence is prepared for that early of an onslaught for Mikey Garcia. Yeah, well, and and I made mention it was not late last year. It was last summer. So this is roughly a nine-month layoff for Spence with only the one-round knockout of Carlos Ocampo. He fought Lamont Peterson in January of 2018. He has basically had one round of activity, Spence, (laughs) going back to January in 14 months of a year ago. Um, So that uh, remains to be seen how much of an issue that will be. What about, I mean, this this one hyped. It's at AT AT&T Stadium. Spence is from there. Spence has always dreamed of playing for the Dallas Cowboys. There's so much built around him, pumping him up around that area. Is that possibly a distraction for the champ, Jonas? Do you buy it? Yeah, no, that definitely could be because this, he really, it, I mean, I can't think of another fighter. I mean, we see it, I guess, with Terrence Crawford when he's fighting in Nebraska. Uh, we'll see it with Deontay Wilder when he fights in Alabama. But this is Errol Spence's backyard, and that's a damn big backyard, okay? That's, that's the Jerry <laughs> Dome. So I, I just, I wonder, and look, there's going to be a Mexican contingent that's going to be there. I mean, they're, they're, Mikey Garcia is going to have fans. But, you, yeah, you do have to wonder about the distractions outside of that. Um, you know, when you saw Sergio Martinez fought in Argentina, he wasn't the same fighter. There was It was just different there. And we've seen this, whether it's the UFC or in boxing, 
where when guys do fight in their backyard, there's a lot of pressure for them to perform. They put a lot of added pressure on themselves. And so that's why I do think Mikey Garcia is a live underdog, even though he's a significant underdog. I do, I do think Mikey Garcia is worth a look if you're into that whole gambling. Listen thing. to that. He slides in a little reference. Of course, he's got a he's got a great <laughs> he's got a great angle on his show with Live Bet Jesus, the guy that always weighs in on social media and the caller too. Uh, I don't know what Live Bet Jesus has for the line for this one for Spence and Garcia. We'll see. Jonas Knox with me for another moment or two. Overnights, Friday night, Saturday night, Fox Sports Radio. He'll be talking. Saturday night after this one was is all said and done with whatever happens, uh, Spence and Garcia. And Garcia, again, 39-0, 30 knockouts. He's got a big punch. The question becomes whether he can do it at the welterweight division. Uh, the last guy to go the distance with Garcia is someone named Ronald Cruz of Puerto Rico, and that was in June of 2014. He's got quite a knockout streak that is rolling. All right, let's dive in. Roll the sleeves up. If Garcia is going to win it's because of why and maybe it's too wise why would he win uh because of speed and i think if he's gonna get him i think he's gonna get him early on um i i I just i find it hard to believe that errol spence with this much time off um isn't going to come in in the best shape of his life but i do think that ring rust could potentially be an issue and if there's a guy as technically sound in the sport as Mikey Garcia, I don't know who that is other than Lomachenko. I mean, he is really, really skilled. Um, I, I think if Mikey Garcia is going to get him, I think he gets him early when Errol Spence is trying to find his rhythm. Is this likely a Spence knockout, if not a spectacular knockout or stoppage? You think Garcia is too tough and, and won't go down easily and maybe it goes the distance? I think it goes the distance. Um, I am leaning towards Errol Spence. I just think it, it's it's a tall task for Mikey Garcia, but it's one of these fights, and these are rare. It's one of these fights that no matter how it plays out, I don't think either guy's really going to take a hit because, and I don't think their stock is going to fall because them having the guts. Because these guys, look, they could do what other fighters in the sport do. You know this. You've seen the sport. They could take easier matchups. They could take easier opponents and pad their records. They are colliding in their prime. With, with Mayweather and Pacquiao, the one knock on Mayweather-Pacquiao was, well, yeah, it's a great fight if it was three or four years ago. No, no, no. This is at their prime. Both guys willing to get in there and go toe-to-toe on pay-per-view. I yep. give them all the credit in the world. Yep. However, whichever way it shakes out, I, I have no issue. Neither of their stocks are going to fall. I don't see any of that happening. I think it's nothing but good things regardless of the outcome. Uh, but I would lean towards Errol Spence right now. I just think he's too big for Mikey Garcia. Yeah, and there's, all, and there's all kinds of huge fights, whether it's Porter or Thurman, uh, looming Terrence Crawford. I know it's a different promotion than Premier Boxing Champions, but there are big looming fights if Spence wins, especially if he wins convincingly in this one. All right, the Prince of Darkness at the Jonas Knox on Twitter on Fox Sports Radio. Plug away on the Times overnight, middle of the night, early morning, Friday, Saturday, correct? Yeah, so I will be uh, actually uh, 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. Pacific time this Friday night, and then I'm actually on Saturday from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific. So, uh, so we'll right. do a little bit of a preview on that. 
uh, on the fight there. And then I'm also on with uh, Brady Quinn from uh, 5 to 8 p.m. Uh, Pacific time as well to uh, Fox Sports Radio. You can hear it nationally and, and you can figure out the uh, the time in your selected There you time go. Zone. There you go. And iHeart I, I Radio <laughs> app, you can find him. So he'll be previewing this as you're hearing the podcast on Saturday evening, recapping it Sunday night with Brady Quinn. Let's see if we get a good one. It's on pay-per-view again, the first time ever for Fox. Let's see what happens with Spence Garcia. Thank you, Prince of Darkness. I love it. Big Fight Weekend also brought to you in part by Vivid Seats. If you're looking for tickets for this fight at AT AT&T Stadium, the best of seats, Vivid Seats is the place to go. Download the app in the Apple Store, in the Google Play Store. Get the app, and by the way, save 10% off your initial order. If you first time sign up, use the promo code BIGFIGHT10. You get 10% more off of your order from Vivid Seats with that promo code BIGFIGHT10. Again, the promo code offer up to $50 off your order. 10% off for first-time users at Vivid Seats. Go there, check out the great seats for this fight. Spence Garcia at AT AT&T Stadium at VividSeats.com and the Vivid Seats app. We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. So if it is a big-time event in Dallas-Fort Worth, I've got to go to my Patna on the We've Seen That Movie podcast. Jay Betzel, the famous Jay, who does a bunch of different media stuff in and around the Dallas-Fort Worth area and has also been to big-time fights in the past in and around AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. He is with me right now. My, my co-host on the We've Seen That Movie podcast. We're not specifically talking about a movie this time. We're talking about a real-life fight with Errol Spence and Mikey Garcia fighting in your area Saturday night on pay-per-view. First of all, how are you? Well, it's 70 degrees here in, in Dallas, Fort so I'm very happy. You're, you're pleased with that, and it might heat up even more than that for this fight, which will be the first ever foray for Fox into pay-per-view with Spence, who's from the Dallas area, defending against another unbeaten fighter in Mikey Garcia. So I guess the first question, we are uh, a couple days away, depending on when the, the fans are hearing us on this podcast. Is Dallas getting ramped up? Is Dallas-Fort Worth and the area getting ramped up? Do they care here enough about this? Do you believe they will care by the time we get to Saturday night late for this? Oh, yeah. That's been all the talk around here was the, the big fight coming up. And, you know, we've had several other fights at the stadium in the past. We had back in, I'm going to say, spring of 2010. So the stadium hadn't been open for even a year yet. We had Manny Pacquiao. And I actually went to that fight. He fought Joshua Clotty. And originally it was supposed to be Pacquiao Mayweather. And I can't remember the specifics just because we're coming up on about 10 years ago when that happened. <laughs> but it had something to do with one of them was upset with the other one about certain drug tests or something. So that ended up not happening and basically ended up being Pacquiao Claudi instead. Yes. And so uh, it's interesting because Jerry Jones wants big events in that stadium and, and the Super Bowl has been there. The Cowboys obviously play there. The Final Four has been there. Concerts, different things. NBA All-Star game. NBA All-Star game, correct. I always use you as a resource on all the things that have been there. And these p- people forget Pacquiao fought twice there. He also fought Antonio Margarita there. He won both fights by decision in 2010 give me a little bit we want to visualize the layout uh for this did they have access to the whole football field essentially with the boxing ring and the stands around it or what did they do uh for those fights or at least for the fight that you went to the Claudie fight my best recollection was there was ringside seats and everything and then of course they had the huge seating bowl 
and I believe that they called it a sellout around 50,000 because they didn't sell the upper level. But they, you know, you could have a seat anywhere in that stadium, and with that huge TV, you got a good view of what's going on. I was going to say, for the audience that's not familiar when the Cowboys play there uh, and they see games on TV, that, that may be the widest video board that there is because it, it stretches from about the 20-yard line of the field to the other 20-yard line, a good 60-plus yards of it. So if you're not close and down by the action, it's still, I mean, in, in crystal HD, it's still, it's still right there for you to see the fight. And it will be that, that way for Spence and Garcia on Saturday night. That video board's unreal, Jay. Right, when you mentioned, I, I hate to ever correct you, but our good friend Eddie Gosses that came on, on our movies podcast, we've seen that at Texas Motor Speedway. They have the biggest screens called Big Hoss. And I believe like three sizes of the Cowboy <laughs> Stadium screen would fit on that one. So he, How- I'm, I'm certain I would hear from him if I don't at <laughs> okay. least mention that. So that one is bigger, but it's not as if this one is a 19-inch that's sitting on your like dresser. This this one is no, a correct. large it's screen. It's not like watching Netflix on your iPhone. It's a little <laughs> bit bigger. <laughs> it is good. Uh, it is good for that. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, the atmosphere. Uh, I, I mean, uh, Texas and Dallas Fort Worth, a huge sports town, and it's look, it's a big fight state too. And uh, and Earl Spence has got some name recognition in the market because he grew up from there. Um, so so uh, te- when you were in there, was it a uh, compare it to like other events, a Cowboys game or whatever for a fight for the Pacquiao fight, as best you remember? Well, here's here's kind of the best um, comparison I've got is actually when I was younger, my dad took me and my brothers out to Vegas and we saw Holyfield Moore fight. There we there. go. And, and I believe the Mirage won, and it was at uh, Thomas and Max Center. And that was awesome. Like, there was just so much electricity in the room. It was smaller, probably. I'm going to guess that's, what, maybe 10, 15,000 in that arena where the UNLV run Rebels play. And um, that's probably the coolest boxing I've ever seen. I've been to a few fights around here. We've got golden gloves and stuff here. I saw Evander Holyfield fight fight a nobody at the American Airlines Center. But as far as the um, atmosphere at AT&T Stadium for the Pacquiao fight, you know, it was phenomenal. Because, too, back then, the stadium was brand new. So you had all these people coming from all over the world to see it, you know, and just experience the stadium itself, not just the fight. That's uh, that's the ambiance, and let's let's see what kind of ambiance there will be. And and again, Spence's last fight was last June, and he fought at the Cowboys practice facility, Jay. Which again, enlighten the audience wherever they're hearing us around the country, around the globe on Big Fight Weekend here. The Dallas Cowboys practice facility, massive, and and, and he essentially they fought in the indoor practice facility, right in the Star. Basically, yeah, and this isn't just like your garden variety practice facility. It's like a 12,000-seat arena, if you will. They've had concerts course, there. Right. Uh, it's up in it's in Frisco. So, like, if you can kind of picture the Metroplex as a square, like AT&T Stadium would be in the middle. Frisco would be like the top right-hand corner. So it's not really conducive. It was about, uh, with no traffic, it's about 25, 30 minutes from the stadium. It's kind of its own little community up there. But, um, yeah, the Stars got the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters. It's got an Omni Hotel with a really cool pool up on like the third floor i believe it's got tons of restaurants and bars and stuff it's it's its own little community unto itself and it's got a really cool gym called cowboys fit that's in there where you can go work out and the cowboys players are in there working out sometimes so it's a really cool setup they've got so it's, you know when you say the practice facility it's not like they went to the old one valley ranch which is in the middle of a neighborhood 
like this is a really cool spot, and that's where he fought last time he was here. How about that? All right. And so Spence, Spence has made no secret about the fact he grew up wanting to play football for the Dallas Cowboys and uh, and even came to the ring that night like in a modified Cowboys jersey. Uh, I'm curious to see what he will wear Saturday night, pay-per-view, Fox, against uh, Mikey Garcia. All right, before I let you go, you've done a great job kind of setting the scene there in Big D in the Lone Star State for this fight. We have the boxing pod, or we have a movie podcast. We've seen that that is on our our family uh, of radio influence podcasts, uh, and fans can find it. And we, we look, we talk about everything uh, from dramas to comedies. But we've seen that is centered around the '80s and the '90s. And you and I did a podcast on Rocky Four that the fans can go and hear. Just look under. We've seen that through Radio Influence or iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play. I'm a big Rocky movies fan for all of them, but we, we've already done Rocky Four, Rocky against Drago, that the fans can go and hear, right? Right. Back when Creed Two was coming out, where um, Adonis Creed was going to fight Drago's son, right before that, you and I did. We, we revisited the old one. We did Rocky Four, where Rocky fought Drago after Drago killed Apollo Creed, who was Adonis's father. Yeah. And so we have fun talking about the movies. You know, some of the more recent boxing movies, uh, at least in the 90s and beyond, uh, what the great white hype, it, 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 did not, it did not get great box office or critical acclaim, but it's definitely uh, funny uh, in that um, it, it's got, uh, what, Damon Wayans as the champ with the big beer belly. He's been eating all the ice cream and whatever. And Peter, Peter Berg, the, the famed director and filmmaker, who's also an actor, is, what, what is his character? Is it Irish Terry Conklin? Irish Conkle- Terry Conklin. Except... Who's not Irish? He's not Irish in the fight. So we got the great white hype, which goes into like the promotion of boxing. But what what else? Uh, in terms of uh, you, can't, you can't not mention Samuel L. Jackson, who was great in that movie. He's playing the Don playing King his own version of Don King. He's playing the, the Don King. He was the Reverend Sultan, right? And he, and yeah, this right. and as soon as Conklin is laid out, he's stepping over the prone body and coming right back over to to. Uh, like, the, don't give away what we can the sell. The champ. Yes, exactly. Um, so uh, yeah. But, Play it to the bone. Woody Harrelson, Antonio Banderas, and that one is set in Las Vegas where the two guys are going to fight one more time and try to make some money, and they, they've got uh, the same girlfriend or the same ex-girlfriend. And and so uh, that's a good boxing movie. Raging Bull, Robert De Niro. So we've got some boxing movies. The Fighter with Mark Wahlberg. Yes. But where Bale. Where uh, he's, he's playing the, uh, the character Mickey Ward. He's playing the real-life fighter Mickey Ward. That's the character in the movie. And that one got nominated for Academy Awards, including for Bale uh, portraying the brother, right, in that. So... Yeah, I enjoyed that. that and Amy Amy trip. Adams, I think, won the Academy Award for that one. So we're big on the boxing movies, is all I'm saying, Famous Jay. <laughs> yeah, we, we've got all kinds. you got, what, Beverly Hills Cop 2, Shawshank Redemption. You name it, we're kind of all over the place. We do, we do well with things like Days of Thunder that you mentioned on the podcast, or Christmas Vacation, or White Men Can't Jump, and The Fugitive, and on and on, A Few Good Men. And most recently, we did Pretty Woman, and, uh, and Office Space, a comedy. So go check out our catalog for We've Seen That. All right, so the fight is Saturday night. Uh, again, the Cowboys have been doing some free agents. Agency. It'll be Rangers baseball season, but now, now it's fight night, Saturday night at AT&T Stadium. So Dallas gets showcased all over the country and all over the world on pay-per-view. It'll be interesting. Uh, plug away one more time about the fans finding us on the We've Seen That podcast to go listen to Rocky Four or whatever else they want to hear. Well, the day we're doing this is the day after Facebook was down for most of the day, but on a normal day when Facebook's working, you can find us on Facebook.com backslash We've Seen That or Twitter. 
that we've seen that. And there you go. And and again, Rocky Four is there. Beverly Hills Cop Two. I mean, find find them all. Something for you. Die Hard. A few good men. The Fugitive. With a few. We love the comedies. We love to laugh. Uh, Caddyshack is there. So. Go check them all out, including Rocky Four is part of this. And we'll check out Spence and Garcia from AT&T Stadium. Famous Jay, thank you. You bet. Thanks. Big Fight Weekend brought to you in part by Touch Vodka and their great different flavors of vodka. Uh, check them out at touchvodka.com. For the great spirits, the great flavors, it's Touch Vodka, a proud sponsor of Big Fight Weekend. Well, if we are talking Big Fight Weekend podcast, you know I cannot get away without talking to the guy that is the purveyor, the overseer of BigFightWeekend.com. Marquise Johns is back with me. He has been writing about Garcia and Spence feverishly for the last two or three weeks, and now we're about to be here with this. So I'm bringing Marquise on the podcast here to talk all things Spence, Garcia, and more. Uh, are we about ready? They're fine. I mean, they, are all the press conferences over? I lost count at 27 on the, uh, Marquise on the number of press conferences. Are we done talking? Can we fight the fight already? How you feeling? Pretty good, and I really hope we can fight this fight real soon because if I had to listen to Mikey Garcia and Errol Spence ask themselves. Who do they think is going to win the fight one more time? I think we're all going to go insane about this. <laughs> They've been asked a few times from like Dallas to L.A. to New York to Denver to Guam and the moon and back. So now they've talked it up a bunch. Now we're ready for this fight. And I'm ready to dig in with you on a couple of fronts. First, it is a foray for Fox, as I keep saying, into pay-per-view for boxing. They've done this before, obviously, for the UFC and for other things. First time boxing pay-per-view. So that's interesting. Um, what do you give me a quick little read? Does is the nation going to be gripped by this? Are they going to have good pay per view sales, decent pay per view sales, maybe average or bad? What's a marquee's prediction here on how this is going to do for Fox? Personally, I think it's going to be kind of average. I know they've been heavily promoting this. These guys have been all over the world answering the same six questions in regards to this fight leading up to it. They have been up, down, left, and right, side to side, asking everybody. Uh, who they think is going to win. They've gotten uh, other legend boxers involved, asking their predictions. They've gotten friends and family at this point are asking everyone to buy this pay-per-view. So I think it's going to be decent numbers-wise. I think the venue may have been too big for this fight, only because it's 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 it's, it's Jerry World. I mean, Jerry World is just about <laughs> half the city of Texas. I don't know if boxing is that. If, if, if anything, that Porter Ugas last Saturday showed us in regards to that, because there was some creative lighting in that fight. If you, if not you didn't a, catch n- There were that. some empty seats. Not a full house there at uh, what's the former StubHub Center. Uh, the Stub home Hub. of the Chargers, yeah. And the, and the home of the LA Galaxy. So you're right, though. But, I mean, you could have 30,000 people at AT&T Stadium. I've been in there enough, Marquise, and it looks like 5,000. So it's just that big of a place. Interesting that Jay Betzel was on with us just before you here on the podcast, and he was saying when Manny Pacquiao fought, they didn't really use partitions, uh, curtains, or any of that. They just basically used the lower bowl of AT&T Stadium with the huge scoreboard, and they had 40,000 people there for Pacquiao. I don't know that Spence is as big a draw i don't know that this fight is as big a draw then again we're going to find out maybe there will be 30 or forty thousand, uh or maybe more for this i don't know it's it's one of the unknowns for saturday 
I don't know if there's going to be anything more than I'm, I'm going to go with you on this one. Say it's going to be about thirty five, forty thousand only because at that point, if, if it's if it's more than that, it's great. But being realistic is going to be along those lines. They can cover up camera work wise and that scoreboard that I'm pretty sure Jay may have mentioned this. I'm sure that scoreboard's a mile and a half wide. They can pretty much just <laughs> zoom up on that and then scream, zoom straight down to the ring where they're fighting at and, and yeah, and be, be good. Camera wise. And be good. All right. So a natural question that I asked of, of Jonas Knox at the beginning of the podcast. I want Marquise John's opinion. So much is being made of Spence, the hometown, his love for the Cowboys, fighting in the Cowboys stadium. You can get caught up in this some. Is it really a factor? Am I am I making too big of a deal that he's fighting in his hometown in a massive stadium with all that attention and it could be a distraction or an issue and favor Garcia? What do you think, Marquise? I don't think it will be, actually, only because he's fought so much in Dallas or the Frisco area. His last few fights have been in the same vicinity for the most part. So I don't think with Spence, because he essentially lives there, that it's not going to be any distraction in regards to those lines. It also may not be that big of a deal uh, as, as a quote-unquote home-field advantage, because if, if anything, show me from the last few press conferences that they had each, with each other, there have been people out the woodworks just cheering for Garcia as they walked into these rings and, and for these media sessions. So it may be 50-50 realistically in regards to that. To be honest with you, TJ, I don't really think it's that big of a distraction, however. Interesting. All right, so Garcia moving up two weight classes, which brings up the automatic concerns of will his punch be the same effective punch that it has been as a lightweight at uh, at 135? And can he take Spence's punch the same way? What What's your opinion for this IBF World Welterweight Championship here with Garcia Mikey Garcia moving up two weight divisions. With Garcia moving up, I don't know if he's going to be able to withstand the punishment from Spence in regards to it if Spence fights anything near his fight. Mainly because when they're, they're talking about it in regards to weight, and, and Garcia's been defending it because he, he hates the stigma of being called the underdog in this, in this whole bout. He wants no... He wants no deal, dealing association with the word underdog. And to his defense, he's undefeated. Why would he? And... With that being said, I just don't know because with Spence, it's going to be a 10 pound difference. It, it sounds minor on, on if we're at being you're at the gym, you know, lifting weights. Hey, hey, you hand me a 10 pound dumbbell. Like I could probably hang out with it. But if you're throwing a punch at me at 10 pounds difference, <laughs> it's going to be a different story. <laughs> so that's where I think it's going to be interesting in regards to where Garcia can actually handle that uh, fight wise. We know he can throw. Same thing with Spence, and people have been making a big deal about Spence's power being overrated, whatever that means. I mean, if you knock people out, there's nothing overrated about that. And, and when when people and, and when that happens, if if, if 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 Spence hits Garcia like he's been hitting everybody else, it's, this will be a short work. Of, of, this this fight will be over really quickly. And again, uh, Garcia's fought several, has won two world titles at the at the uh, junior lightweight and lightweight division. So it's not as if he hasn't been in big events. Will he be in awe of this? We'll see. He's had 39 pro fights. He's ended 30 of them by knockout undefeated. So that, I guess that is that is the question. Um, all right. So we anticipate Spence is going to win this. And here I come back. You're probably rolling your eyes at me, even though I can't see you, Marquise. Here I come back around to <laughs> what lies ahead. If Spence wins, he's under the same promotional arm as Sean Porter, who won last week in the Fox main event over Ugas in California. Same promotional arm as Keith Thurman uh, as well. Is that what's riding on this for Spence, that this fall it could be Porter, it could be Thurman? What What's your speculation? My speculation, and I'm going to throw a hypothetical out there with you as well. My theory is that if Spence wins, which I'm, we're all assuming he's going to win this fight, 
the the chain of command looks like this I have going on where he he can just sit back and wait on essentially the winner of Porter Furman too, which is which is all but a done deal. The dark horse in this I'm thinking is Manny Pacquiao does not have anybody to fight yet, and at some point. He'll get tired of running for Congress or playing Filipino <laughs> basketball or chasing after Floyd Mayweather. By the and, way, and that, Thurman is like begging for this fight, and we live in the area for the audience on Big Fight Weekend. Marquise and I live in the area where Keith Thurman lives in Clearwater, Florida, and Thurman is practically begging on Instagram and Twitter for a Pacquiao opportunity. He wants that fight. I don't know if Pacquiao is going to give it to him, but Thurman is begging for the chance. Uh, to fight Manny Pacquiao. I know Keith wanted to fight him uh, coming off of the Mayweather fight. Should he have won the Mayweather fight back now four summers ago? That's what Keith wanted, but then Pacquiao hurt the shoulder and was out of action for almost a year. Keith eventually got hurt himself. But, I mean, he's lobbying for it right now, Marquise. He wants that fight, but I don't know if Pacquiao wants that fight. Maybe Thurman should fight Errol Spence if they can work it out. That may be the thing, thinking as well. Uh, more unlikely, Spence, if he wins this fight, is going to fight the winner of this Porter Furman rematch at some point. I do believe that's going to happen. But just in the bizarre event that that doesn't happen, I, I do see Pacquiao for some, coming out of the woodworks once the rumor and innuendo goes about him going to fight uh, Floyd Mayweather again because, let's be honest, no one wants to see that. It sounds great on paper for some strange reason, but being realistic is not going to happen. I don't, yeah. I, that, I don't think most of America is interested in that anymore. I think a lot of people feel ripped off from the pay-per-view last time, especially when they found out that Pacquiao's shoulder was hurt. Uh, during the fight, I, I think it's I, I think, uh, you know, plus Floyd Mayweather hasn't had a fight fight in a couple of years himself. Now, uh, forget these exhibitions against mixed martial oh, art guys and wrestlers and whoever. He's getting paid nine million TJ to fight in Japan for three rounds with sparring partners in Japan for uh, yeah, exhibitions agreed. for three rounds. <laughs> agreed. All right. So uh, I'll ask you this the same kind of way that I've I've asked others forecast this for for us for Saturday night. Is Earl Spence Jr. going to dispose of Garcia quickly? Is it tough? Is it a decision? Does Garcia rock him? What Look into the crystal ball, Marquise Johns. My thinking is, TJ, if this fight is going to start off more than likely like where they feel each other out, where it starts off slow, because Garcia's game is where he fights in the middle of the ring, which is not Spence's game, however. Once Spence figures that out and finds a way to cut off the ring for him, because Gar- Garcia is going to be running around at some point, once he cuts off the ring and make it to a point where Spence can put him up against the ropes, that's where... Spence takes advantage of everybody in every fight he's been in. And once he has you against the ropes, it's pretty much a whole different ballgame. And we keep mentioning, and I will continue to mention, he's got all the knockouts. He does have three decision wins. Nobody has gone the distance with Errol Spence going all the way back to his 13th pro fight 11 fights ago when Puerto Rican Ronald Cruz in 2014, summer of 2014, went the distance. He stopped everybody else, including going backwards recently, not just the one-round knockout of Ocampo, Last summer, but Lamont Peterson, Peterson, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Lamont Peterson quit on the stool in uh, in round seven. He stopped Kell Brook by KO. He knocked him out in the 11th round. Uh, Chris Algieri going backwards. He knocked him out in the fifth round. Uh, Sammy Vargas, he beat in the fourth round and on and on uh, over the last four or five years. So the likelihood is it's going to end at some point unless Garcia shows real resiliency and is able to land the big punch. Spence will get to him. We'll worry about it. At least that's what I think. So uh, we'll find out if, if Garcia can hang in there. One one thing is for sure, we can both agree on this. Garcia's not been in with anybody as big and who can hit as hard as Errol Spence in his professional career. He may have been in that's with correct. a sparring partner preparing for this fight that's that big, but this ain't sparring. 
This ain't sparring. How he, how he handles that punch uh, when he gets in there and feels it from Errol Spence is the real question for how long this fight goes. Uh, we, we will find out. All right, I don't mean to monopolize the end of the conversation. You've got great things that you're writing about on Big Fight Weekend. You've written a lot about DAZN at the end of the week, the deals with Gennady Golovkin, and uh, and also a, a new monthly series coming with Oscar De La Hoya, right? Give me, give me a little more about what they can read about as well on BigFightWeekend.com. Yes, on BigFightWeekend.com, you can find those articles up about uh, Triple G uh, in regards to him signing with the zone, choosing them over other competition, and more than likely his fight with Canelo at some point down the line. As well as, I wrote about a piece, because this day in history, I want to say it was the 13th, we had the great fight of Michael Carvajal and Huberto Gonzalez won that took place oh, at the yeah. Hilton in Vegas which was the the spectacle that it was because I did watch the whole fight again. It was amazing. They had separate ring announcers. That That is something I've only seen in movies. Well, and, and, and one thing, because again, I'm a little older than you, although you were old enough to know about all of this. This was 1993. Michael Carbajal was a huge deal. And he comes up to like everybody's hip. My, Michael Carbajal probably struggled to make the, the flyweight weight being uh, heavy enough he was a little <laughs> dude but he was explosive and that la explosion was a great was a great title uh and and they had a couple of fights and so this was the first one so i love the historical stuff that you and i and others do on bigfightweekend.com but i mean Carbajal won the 88 olympic gold medal in uh, in south korea turned pro was a star anytime you see the little guys that aren't bigger than a minute that are that are out there fighting i loved me i'm just saying i i, I thoroughly enjoyed your article and I, I, the historical walk back to the early 90s because I loved me some Michael Carbajal back in the day. No, that was, no that was a good fight, actually. And it's amazing on Big Fight Weekend because we are posting historical-wise fights that are, that are obviously not bad fights. You're, you're not going to catch us catch, rewriting about, you know, Bo <laughs> Holyfield, any of that nonsense, or <laughs> any other disasters or lackluster pay-per-views of the mid-90s and beyond. It's still going to be quality fights, quality cards, quality events, and historical and historical moments. Yeah, and Carbajal is part of that. And, and I know you're interested too because uh, Sergey Sergey Kovalev, the uh, the light heavyweight champion, he is being ordered to fight a fighter that he may not want to fight, but he, he may not have much choice if he wants to keep his belt. Give me a little skinny on that because they can read more about it, obviously, on the site too. That's on the side as well. And uh, yeah, Sergey Kovalev has to fight uh, British uh, prospect Anthony Vardet Yarde. Uh, pretty much undefeated coming out of Britain. He is an unproven guy, but he has power. He has a solid right. The problem with him is he's faced household names as Nicola Shaleka, <laughs> Tim Averlant, <laughs> and my personal favorite, the WBC Latin American light heavyweight champion as of this January, Walter Gabriel Secura. I mean, who doesn't know these guys? Um, that guy on my wall right now. That sounds speak. like some so, names from the Witness Protection Program. So... We'll we'll see, but Kovalev. I don't know if Kovalev wants that fight. Yeah, it may be his mandatory for that belt. Excuse me, that belt. But we see a lot of times that uh, guys will drop the belt instead of fight, facing somebody that that they don't want to fight. So we'll see what happens, and they can read more about it. Obviously, on BigFightWeekend.com. Anything else? Are we good? Uh, just, we're good on that. But just one thing in regards to Kovalev. I'm hoping he takes this fight because this will be actually a test to see if Kovalev is actually back into the swing of things of being in that upper echelon of light heavyweights with the, facing this Yarde kid who actually looks pretty promising. Because as we know, when he when he fought uh, Eleanor Alvarez last month, he won. he won. He won his belt back, but that fight wasn't exactly the best on television. So we'll go. Yeah, it was a 12 round decision, one. and it and it 
was a snooze fest for a lot of those rounds. I agree with you. It Kovalev was, needs to look better. There's big fights that are out there for him um, in the light heavyweight division, but he, he's got to look better than what he looked before. And one thing with that fight, one thing's for certain with that 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 fight, if it does go to fruition, uh, it will be a top rank card because both guys are under the top rank umbrella. So it will be somewhere on the ESPN family of networks. That's why that. we have Marquise Johns here. You can follow him, by the way, on Twitter, on social media at Weak Sauce Radio. I love the little inside joke of that Twitter handle that I'm not telling because it's an inside joke. At Weak it's Sauce so Re- Radio. Follow the Twitter handle at Big Fight Weekend. We encourage you, go follow it up. You're hearing us on the podcast. Go follow at Big Fight Weekend on Twitter. Also on Facebook, Big Fight Weekend. Uh, and Marquise does a great job commanding that site, writing up all the different uh, items, and there's different contributors. Our guy David Schott doing a preview of this fight. David's a former fighter from Alabama. He's going to give you some insight into tactically what's going to go on here, strategically what's going to go on here. Read that on the site this weekend. I'll probably weigh in on Spence and Garcia as well uh, as the historical perspective you know what i love and i didn't ask you about this is back in the early 80s the welterweights all fought each other last time we talked last week that that leonard was fighting benitez when they were both undefeated late 70s and then leonard fought duran and lost and then got his belt back then he fought thomas hearns and beat him and then hearns fought benitez and hearns fought duran and I hope we get to some of that. If if Spence wins and wins convincingly, Porter Porter will have won. Spence will have won the next week. Thurman won in January. Let let's get a bigger fight. Let's get a couple of belts on the line and get a bigger fight later this year. You all in favor of that with me, Marquise? I'm in favor of that, and I, I hope they all get back together at some point. And it, it, it's, it seems like it's, it's taking a while piece by piece, but hopefully these guys will fight soon, and we'll see the uh, Wilder Fury rematch. I will tell you this, that uh, when you talk about uh, pay-per-view prices and whatever, if it if it is a Porter uh, Spence fight, that'll be interesting. He's got a lot of guts. Thurman Spence would have a lot of intrigue if it's not Pacquiao. And if you're one of those three guys, you want the other belts because that gives you the leverage with Bud Crawford, with Terrence Crawford. Because if you have three belts and he has one, you've got the leverage in the division. Let's see if they will fight each other first under the PBC wow. umbrella. Let's hope. Right. I hope so. And also, I'm, I'm intrigued with that. And well, we, we're, we're all going to assume that uh, Crawford gets by Con in April. But more than likely, if that happens, then the leverage is solely on these belts and on, on this side of the fence where they all have to come after each other at some point or another to become unified champions. Yep. That's the whole game. That's we the whole love, of the game. We love the unified champions. Let's see if that'll happen. Marquise Johns, great job. Again, bigfightweekend.com. Enjoy Spence Garcia. Let's see if it ends early or let's see if there's some fireworks. Thank you, sir. Thanks, DJ. Appreciate it. We do continue along. I cannot, cannot, cannot have a Spence versus Garcia showdown pay-per-view welterweight title preview and not get some insight, some wit, some historical perspective from the boxing writer David Payne back with me from England here as part of Big Fight Weekend as we approach this one. Good to have you once again. And now we are getting close to what we believe will be one of the bigger, lighter weight fights of the year already in March with this one. I guess the first question to you, besides good afternoon where you are in the preview mode, is how excited are you getting for this fight late Saturday night, U.S. time, middle of the night, U.K. time, sir? Hello, TJ. Hello, everyone. Yeah, uh, very much looking forward to this one. It seems to have had quite a long fuse. It took a while to to kind of burn burn brightly enough. Um, I think we've all been sidetracked with all the discussions and um, navel-gazing of the heavyweight picture, but 
this is a great fight, um, a historic fight in many ways, as we'll probably touch on. And I'm very excited to say that it's free to wear in the UK. Sorry, American listeners. Um, so, so British fight fans are very excited about uh, about taking this in. And now it's upon us. I think the excitement's really built this last few days. There's been quite a lot of shoulder programming, I think, as you call it, that's been available over here in the UK, which is uh, which is adding to the mix. So, yeah, quite a lot of excitement building uh, amongst the boxing family over here in the UK. It's a great fight in prospect. I know one of the concerns, uh, you've alluded to this when we previously talked to you, is that Garcia is bumping up two weight classes to fight in this fight. You are very insightful. You have great historical perspective. How big of a challenge is this for Mikey Garcia? Real quick, David. This is a big challenge for him uh, for a couple of reasons. Um, as, as well documented, he started below the weight class that he's coming from. So he's he grew into um, the lightweight class and he's fought a couple of times at the light welterweight or uh, junior welterweight limit, 140 pounds, and now we're up to 147. So this is a significant step. At any point in time, this would be a significant step. And the, the, the further asterisk to that is the fact that Errol Spence, using all the modern wiles of, of nutrition and strength and conditioning, is a very big welterweight. He's a he's a fighter that could probably um, compete at middleweight, but certainly light middleweight. So we've got Garcia making a big leap up, and Spence probably squeezing himself into welterweight. So for Garcia, this is a huge challenge. But um, the kind of um, slight dilution of that, because obviously it's been sold on that challenge, and in some ways it's both the selling point and the difficulty of the sell for the promoters. Um, is that this happened a lot more in the past, uh, lightweights challenging welterweights when there were much fewer weight classes. So it's been done before, it's been failed at before, um, but make mo- no mistake, this is a this is a huge challenge that um, that Garcia is taking on. Uh, again, uh, David Payne has written about this fight on his website, boxingwriter.co.uk. We have linked to that off of the bigfightweekend.com website uh, as well for what he's written about this. And the gist of what you're writing for Mikey Garcia is that he is really along those lines challenging himself and against some serious odds to move up into 147 here and fight a guy that's bigger, as you just laid out, with a big punch. But that that's the same challenge that others in the historical ranks of boxing have taken. And in some ways, you're going to find out about yourself, test your limits, test your greatness. And I, and I get the feeling, reading what you wrote, that you have a lot of respect for what Garcia is going to try to do here in this fight, David. Enormous respect, and we all should. Um, though the, the, the boxing historian types, the people who have been watching the sport for a long time and have taken an interest in in the fights that preceded the, their own lifetime, I think um, we should all have enormous respect for him. And I think it's important to educate newer fans that this is a significant step he's taking. He could earn good money taking much lower, um, lesser challenges. Uh, and he could have stepped into the welterweight division and tested himself against someone who isn't Errol Spence, who isn't one of the top one or two fighters in the division and, and a big welterweight at that. He He could have cherry-picked his way through, as one or two of uh, his esteemed predecessors have tried to do. 
uh, to claim multiple weight championships. They've, they've cherry-picked their way through. I won't mention any names. You can probably guess who I'm alluding to. <laughs> uh, Gar- Garcia's taken one of the, t- the two toughest tests he could take. There's uh, Spence and Croft are the top two. You, the, the, probably 50% of the audience think it's Spence. 50% would think it's Crawford. Depends what you like. Um, so he's taking the, the biggest challenge he can. Uh, and there's a lot in what he says. As I mentioned, we've seen a lot of the shoulder program and the face-to-face over here in the UK too. Um, and there's a lot in what he says that is persuasive for his reasoning for doing it as well. Um, it can it can make believers out of non-believers. Uh, as, you, as you'll read in the article, I'm of the opinion that ultimately the size will be the difference um, over the 12 rounds. Um, but there's, there is... There's conviction in what Garcia is talking about. It's clearly not about the money, although this is a gateway to to even greater riches if he can come through this. But it is what you mentioned there, TJ. It's about the the challenge to himself. It's finding out what his ceiling is, what what is his level of ability, what does he have within. Because when you cast your eye back over his record, which at 39 and 0 is pretty impressive, there isn't that standout win. There isn't that fellow great that he's. Uh, wrestled with or had rematches with or th- there's there's lots of good wins but it lacks that uh, the luster of a of a standout victory and he may have found that in his own division some would say and fought Lomachenko but whilst that would have been an enormous stylistic challenge too um, I think we have to give credit for this when we talk so much on these podcasts TJ about fights we'd like to happen fights we that ought to happen but don't and television deals this and uh, splits and purse bids and everything else. Right. Here's a guy that's willing to gamble, willing to to risk what he has, health, wealth, standing, to 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 see what he's got, to see how far he can go. And I think we should all applaud that and welcome it, enjoy it, and hope that all leaves the, the ring healthy and we've all been entertained in the process. Well said on all fronts. Couple more minutes with David Payne. Follow him at the Boxing Writer on Twitter. His website boxingwriter.co.uk. Again, I jokingly, playfully say, and complimentarily. Is complimentarily even a word? I don't think so. I, I even cop- I think I'm Don King, trickeration and discombobulation. Uh, I, I compliment him that every time I contact him, even on short notice, David's like, yes, I'm available. I'll come on. I'll give you some insight uh, into this, and I thank him for that. So, again, boxingwriter.co.uk. Again, we've talked numerous times that, that you and I are contemporaries. Uh, Leonard fighting uh, Duran. Leonard fighting Hearns. Uh, Duran fighting Hearns. Uh, the, the welterweights of the early 80s. And we even moved forward to Oscar De La Hoya, who eventually moved up, like Mikey Garcia, from the lighter weights into welterweight. Garcia uh, is trying that. De La Hoya accomplished that, fought great fight with uh, Felix Trinidad and a couple of others at welterweights. We want to see these guys fight each other. And, David, that's what this is about, more so for Errol Spence, is that if he does win like we expect him to, Fighting Crawford, fighting Thurman, fighting Porter, fighting the better welterweights, it's its great for the sport. That's what we hope is going to come out of this, what we had before, where they all want to fight each other. I know, I know we've talked about that a couple of times, but now it can be set into motion uh, if Spence wins and wins convincingly Saturday night. Absolutely true, and Spence desperately needs this kind of win too. Um, this uh, this kind of fight too. He, he's 29 years old. He's respected as one of the top two guys at welterweight, but he needs challenges. Uh, the guys fought one competitive round in over a year. Come fight night, 
which is not good enough. He's in his absolute prime at 28, 29 years of age, just turned 29 in January. He needs to get on with it. We've said that before. And, and we hope that this is the gateway to making him a bigger attraction that can then generate the numbers that can make those Thurman and Porter fights, which are much more likely because they're all PBC fighters. Um, and, and hopefully one day the Crawford fight. Again, another guy now entering into his 30s. That They need to get on with this, as we've said many times, so that they can bear comparison to their historic predecessors like Leonard, De La Hoya, Hearns, um, all those guys that have been willing to challenge themselves against their, their great contemporaries. And, and, and that is a difficult benchmark. Let's let's remember that, and the article kind of alludes to that. Uh, Garcia's bidding to join company of the likes of Henry Armstrong, of Sugar Ray Robinson, of Oscar De La Hoya. These are these are names that echo down and will continue to echo down through history. So it's a very very exclusive club he's seeking to join, and Spencer's got those aspirations too. But if if he's serious about it then one way or another, those fights need to happen uh, so that we're still talking about Errol Spence to our children and grandchildren in the way that we do about the guys you mentioned. Uh, there you go. I can't sum it up any better than that. Spence defends the IBF version of the welterweight championship against Mikey Garcia, who's also undefeated but moving up in weight. That's the task at hand. That's the battle that's going to be coming up. So I look forward to everything that's going to happen with this fight. I know David Payne does as well. David, again, promote where we can read more about you previewing uh, this fight, including your own website, your social media, etc. You're so gracious to come on with me. Promote away, sir. Well, as TJ mentioned, you'll find um, the odd article of mine appearing on bigfightweekend.com which I'm you know, glad to write for, and it's a great partnership. But uh, mostly you'll find my work at boxingwriter.co.uk, and you can hook up with me on um, social media uh, via Twitter, at The Boxing Writer. That's the best place to find me on a daily basis. Perhaps too much, my wife might say, uh, but there you are. There's no such thing as too much from The Boxing Writer, especially <laughs> when we can get some references into the old-school stuff and the old-school fighters. I mean, when you're intertwining Indiana Jones, for example, as an image into your articles, I, I love that. Um, uh, snakes. Well, we, why we does it have David strange. snakes? Why does it have to be snakes from from, from Indiana Jones? So I love well, that. There's plenty. Of, there's plenty of those in boxing. That might be something I'll use in the future. Oh, very nice snakes. Why did it have to be snake? Very nice on that. All right, uh, I didn't. You know what? I didn't sneak a prediction. Uh, Ten second prediction. What happens? Spence Garcia knockout. Does it go the distance? I think Garcia starts well. I think Spence. We could expect a little rust from. Uh, from Spence um, and I think Garcia is going to try and get his respect early so I think he's going to come forward and he's going to try and land some punches and I think his hand speed might get him some some success um, but I think ultimately over the 12 rounds Spence will do enough to eke out a points decision um, maybe uh, yeah, quite, quite tight but clear and I think um, that will allow Garcia to go on hopefully undamaged and maybe we're, maybe at welterweight it's hard to see from the pictures we've seen whether he can ever go back down a weight or not um, but hopefully it allows Spence to go on and we can see some of those Thurman uh, Porter etc fights so I, I, I'm predicting Spence because he's a bigger taller stronger man he can be a bit methodical a bit plodding at times uh, but he gets the job done and he's got a high work rate I think that'll be enough I think it'll be enough for this that's the voice of David Payne. David, thank you for helping me preview Spence Garcia on Big Fight Weekend, sir. It's a pleasure. Until next time. 
And there you go. We have set the stage for the welterweight showdown IBF title. Errol Spence making his third defense at 24-0 with 21 knockouts. Again, no one has gone the distance since all the way back in the summer of 2017, 11 fights ago with Spence. He's gotten knockout after knockout after knockout since then. Is he going to get another one against Mikey Garcia? Garcia, 39-0 with 30 knockouts himself at the lighter weights. Junior lightweight, 130. Lightweight, 135. Can he step up to 147 and pack a punch? We're going to find out in the 12-round main event on Saturday night. I like Spence to win. Probably like a mid to late round KO or TKO. He'll wear Garcia down, hit him with the harder punches, especially to the body. Wear him down and win this fight and set up the big paydays. Will it be Sean Porter? Will it be Keith Thurman? Could it be somebody else? Crawford, Pacquiao? We'll find out from the Texan, Errol Spence, who just, he grew up wanting to be a Dallas Cowboy. Now he's playing on the biggest stage at AT AT&T Stadium like the Cowboys. Let's see if he does a number on Mikey Garcia or not. That'll do it for this edition of Big Fight Weekend. My thanks to Jonas Knox of Fox Sports Radio. Hear him this weekend on FSR, their fleet of stations, the iHeartRadio app. Search Fox Sports Radio. Hear Jonas on the coverage. Thanks also to the famous Jay, Jay Betzel. Follow him on Twitter at the famous Jay. He's in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We encourage you to listen to Jay and my podcast. We've seen that for 80s and 90s movies where we talk about everything, not just sports movies, but action movies, comedies, dramas, all of it at We've Seen That. Thanks to Marquise John, the uh, Johns. Marquise is the purveyor of uh, BigFightWeekend.com, writing all about the fights in advance uh, of the weekend and coming off the weekend with recaps. We've got historical perspective. This podcast lives there and much more. Uh, Marquise does a great job at BigFightWeekend.com. And David Payne, the boxing writer, his site, BoxingWriter.co.uk. He's written about Mikey Garcia in the preview mode for this fight. Can Garcia live up to moving up in weight to fight Spence? We'll find out. I thank David for his insight. He's always willing to come on the podcast. Great job, David Payne. Thumbs up. and It'll be the middle of the night, but enjoy the fight from the UK. Here we go with Spence and Garcia. That'll do it. Uh, We'll see what happens in this 12-round IBF welterweight championship fight on pay-per-view on Fox. Read about it more in all the writings with Marquise and company, and even I dabble in the web writing some on BigFightWeekend.com. For now, enjoy the fisticuffs. Let's see if there are fireworks, and thank you for being with us as part of Big Fight Weekend. This is a We've Seen That Quick Fix on Radio Influence. All right, anything else on the fun facts? I want to get to some Julia Roberts. I want to get to some Jason Alexander here on We've Seen That. What else? Let's anything? see what else good? we've got. I'm, kind of, I'm, a, I'm scrolling through my notes here as we produce on the fly. Um, there was a funny one um, that Porsche did not want their car to be used in the movie, and that was originals between Porsche and Ferrari. And they both said no due to the uh, subject matter with the prostitutes. So that's how Lotus. What a different, yeah. What a different time period. And again, uh, look, I, I'm straight laced. I'm religious, and I'm not in favor uh, of prostitution by any stretch of the imagination. But could you imagine in the 2010s that a car dealer would not want to be part of a major motion picture involving big time Hollywood stars because of the the thought that oh, a prostitute is going to be featured in this movie uh, it's it's almost like the reverse now like oh that that's it that's not a, that's not enough for us to be part of this movie you got to have the prostitute be beheaded or something like that for us to want to for us to want to right. be in it well, and, it was just a different these time. days we've seen that with tj reeves and jay betzel can be found on apple podcasts stitcher tune in radio google play and radioinfluence.com